When I was six months pregnant with my daughter, my mother died. She had polycystic kidney and liver disease. This isn't really one of those fancy diseases that's well known. This is small, fluid-filled cysts that grow in your liver and kidneys, kind of like tiny water balloons of death that are shutting down organs that you really can't live without. And logically, I knew that a sturdy hug wasn't going to kill her, but uh, I hugged her gingerly all the same. And it must have been hard for the last year of her life to never have that sturdy hug of being loved hard in your body before you slip away. Obviously, she needed a transplant. A 35-pound liver just isn't practical, much less functional. Uh, and we share the same blood type. So she asked me if I would donate, and of course I said yes. I was lying, though, because I'd seen a living donor transplant before, and the process looked brutal. I was 28. I had just started my midwifery career, and I was praying for something, literally anything, to get me out of this mess. A month later, I found out I was pregnant. So a living donor transplant is now off the table, and to make up for the guilt that I was beyond racked with, I dove headfirst into being her support person. I was there every appointment, every difficult decision. I was right at her side. Uh, when her condition worsened and she needed to be life-flighted out of state for that transplant, I rode in the ambulance and I squeezed in that tiny life-flight plane with her, headed down to California. And that magical transplant call came on a Tuesday morning. That afternoon, she was in surgery, and it's hard to describe the weight that lifted off my shoulders. We made it. I got her across the finish line. She was going to be okay. We spent the next few days in the ICU navigating post-transplant concerns. She had a small infection that had settled into her lungs, and so I spent those days at her bedside with a suction wand held to her lips, helping her clear what she could cough up. I'd look into her eyes, and I would tell her, we made it. It's going to be okay. Next up is holding this sweet baby that's inside of me. On day three, while I held the suction wand to her lips, she choked on that fluid and died. We had made it across the finish line just for her to collapse on the other side. I felt like I was holding that metaphorical water bottle to her lips. The hospital staff wouldn't let me sit by myself, and they sent a chaplain to babysit me. And really quickly, I realized that I was now the liability. I had the water balloon of life inside of me, and everyone was touching me very gingerly. Pregnant women aren't supposed to be sad. We're supposed to be glowing vessels of life. And here I had this shroud of death over me that was dissonant in a way that nobody knew how to deal with, most of all me. Was it okay to be sad that my mom had died, or should we just veer towards grateful that life continued on? I would stay in this no man's land for the rest of the pregnancy, trying to tell people about the pain and the guilt that I was sitting with was like watching someone pull their hand back from a fire. The wince and withdrawal, the obvious discomfort, and then the gentle steering of the conversation towards safe topics, like the baby that was coming soon, 
not the grief that she was being steeped in, but just grateful that life continued on. Birth and death are really closely linked. They carry that same sacred energy. It's the intensity of spirit transforming. And I thought when I was in labor, I would finally get to let out this deep guttural wail of grief that I had been holding in for months. But what I forgot is you can't be a laboring mother and a grieving daughter at the same time. Birth's mechanical power will set the pace, but then grief will set the tone. This hurricane ended after 40 hours with a tiny cry and a purple face. We made it. She was here. We got across the finish line. We were going to be okay. So it was a real bummer when 24 hours later she started turning a sunny shade of yellow, and the hospital staff let us know that she could be very sick. So sick that we couldn't actually stay at that hospital. We needed to be transported to one with a higher level of care. I was holding my sweet girl when the ambulance crew came in to transport us, and in the cruelest cosmic twist of fate, it was the same crew that had taken my mom and I to the life flight plane just a few months before. So now I had a new finish line, keep my baby alive. At the next hospital, we prepared to send her into surgery, and I held her. I told her it was going to be okay. I was going to be here on the other side. We would be going home soon. The nurse came in, I assumed, to collect her, and instead told me that there had been a simple lab error, just a mix-up. She was fine, perfect, in fact. Just go home and be grateful she's okay. I wouldn't find gratitude that day. I wouldn't find gratitude for a long time, actually. What started to chip away at my grief, slowly but surely, was bringing that part of myself into my midwifery practice. It changed everything about how I practiced. It changed how I was a person. Now I found that I could sit with someone in their intensity and the vulnerability of that time and not wince or try to make it more palatable. I found the more I brought honesty to their experience, let them have whatever feelings they were feeling, not just the ones that I thought they should have, I could bring more honesty to my experience. And I discovered that all I actually needed during that time was someone to sit next to me and say, you don't have to be okay. I trust that one day you will be, and until then, you're not alone. Thank you for sitting with me today.